Okay, here we are. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Susan Sink, and I'm the owner of Sinkland Farms, located in Christiansburg, Virginia. Really interesting place. This was a Holstein dairy operation back in the day? It was many days ago. My husband and I bought this property as a working dairy farm. We purchased the property with everything, Mm -hmm. with the barns and the facilities, the cattle, the heifers, the calves, even the trash was on the property. (laughs) That's that's called buying a job, right? Oh my goodness, yes. We learned it really quickly. We were very young, just out of college and I got a short little story that if I've got time so we purchased this farm from a retiring farmer whose children were not interested in carrying on the dairy farm and he did not want his land to be developed Mm -hmm. so my husband and I had been looking around all in the vicinity my husband graduated from Virginia Tech and I graduated from Radford University was he an ag major he was (laughs) he was agriculture all the way Mm -hmm. So the change in ownership of this farm came on December 31st with Mr. Keith, who we purchased the farm from, milking his last herd of animals on the evening of New Year's Eve. And my husband and I were, and I didn't milk, but my husband was to take over the next morning on January 1st of 1980. Well, we were settled in the house that came with the farm, and all of a sudden about 2 a.m., 2.30-ish, we had a knock on the front door. And everybody knows that's a horrible sign. If you have a knock on the door in the middle of the night, it's not a good thing. So we rushed to the door, and there was a Montgomery County Sheriff's deputy at the front door, and he looked at us, and he said, did you know that your cows are marching down Route 8? So he actually helped us. You know, my husband got ready. I had on a robe. We all got dressed, ran outside, and the deputy actually helped us round them in. And my husband, rather than waiting until 4 a.m. to milk that day, he started at about 3 on his first milking of our new farm. So that was sort of an omen. You know, (laughs) we knew it was going to be a tough struggle ahead, and indeed it was. The dairy industry, you are bound by government pricing for your milk. When we went into the dairy business in the early 80s, all of a sudden there was a huge glut of supply of milk in the marketplace, and so that drove the price of milk down. And we had to struggle, and struggle we did for many years. The other thing that people sort of forget about, that in agriculture and farming, you depend on the weather, on Mother Nature, and Mother Nature is very fickle. Not your friend sometimes. No, not not a friend at all, often. So there was a change. At some point, all the Holsteins went away. Right. So we milked, Mm -hmm. or my husband milked cows. I had an off-the-farm career. And over the years, the struggle became harder simply because of the weather conditions Mm -hmm. varying from year to year. So we had to begin to look for other avenues of revenue to bring in to help us pay the bills. And so we tried many different things. We tried a strawberry patch. We tried thornless blackberries. We even tried Christmas trees. 
And finally, we decided, well, we're hearing something about pumpkins. Why don't we plant a crop of pumpkins? And we did. And that was very successful. We actually took them out to wholesale them first. And uh, then we decided that we would open to the public and begin festivals. So this is our 32nd year of wow. pumpkin festival here at Sinkland Farms. So you were one of the first pumpkin fest people in america this well i don't know about america but we were in the commonwealth of virginia that's for sure and at that time agritourism had its first beginning we were a pioneer i think in the commonwealth of virginia as far as bringing people to the farm that's Mm -hmm. what agritourism really means Mm -hmm. you bring people to the farm to educate and to entertain And that's what we have done over 32 years. Now, in 2007, we had a horrible tragedy. My husband was killed in a motorcycle accident. Everything was left in my lap with three children grieving, myself grieving over a sudden, sudden death. And what to do with cattle, equipment, milking, Mm -hmm. everything. And I basically had to step back and punt and transition because... At that time, I was trying to think, well, what in the world am I going to do? I'm not going to sell the farm. I've got my blood, sweat, and tears Mm -hmm. in this land, just like my husband. I decided that what can I do with the asset of the land and the facilities? And I thought, well, I'm just going to grow this agritourism concept. So we were already doing some pumpkin festivals. I grew that festival concept. We began having weddings on the farm, and outdoor weddings was becoming popular across the United States, and it still is, thankfully. So I renovated some of the barns. Uh, The milking parlor is now a honeymoon suite. We now host a lot of events for the universities. In fact, tonight I have a sorority formal. Tomorrow night I also have a second sorority formal dance. We will have uh, Christmas parties in December. Weddings usually fill up our April through September. I do a sunflower festival in the middle of the summer in July or early August. And then the pumpkin festival really is what we're known for. It's our claim to fame in this area. That's really interesting. You were saying earlier, I would have imagined that the number one revenue source would have been weddings. But not so. Not so. It's pumpkin world. Right. Well, to tell you the truth, we bring in total in September and October, we probably bring in 50,000 people counting school field trips and Mm -hmm. we you know that's something that i'm very proud of too we usually have approximately 90 to 100 school systems and this year we're serving about 7,500 children and teaching them about agriculture and the world of farming as it relates to food Mm -hmm. you'd be amazed at children uh, and even their parents not realizing the important role that farming and agriculture is. In fact, here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, agriculture, believe it or not, is our driving economic source. It's the number one development Mm -hmm. factor for the Commonwealth. How interesting. Tourism is second. So agritourism, it just (laughs) makes good sense. Yeah. Well, back to the pumpkin fest. We took a little tour. You took us on the hayride earlier, mm-hmm. and you didn't fall off. <laughs> that was a good thing. Thank God nobody did. <laughs> so one of the cutest things I saw were the rides that you guys have made. 
Right. They yeah. are so classic. Well, we have a large kid zone. You know, we try and accommodate. When you first think of our target market, you think of families with young children. And yes, that definitely is a number one target for mm-hmm. us. However, it's not all of it. A number of years ago, I started seeing an increase in high school students and college students come to the farm with Virginia Tech 10 minutes away, Radford University 12 minutes mm-hmm. away. It was amazing to see all the different ages. And so I have, over the last four or five years since COVID, I guess, strived to accommodate something for every age Mm -hmm. so if you'll allow me i'll tell you everything that we do here (laughs) we have uh, a tap room and we sell adult beverages wine and beer specifically we'll sell craft beer local to uh, our commonwealth uh, as well as local wines as well we bring in local live music usually bluegrass country americana bands how much throughout the year does the live music happen it happens every saturday and sunday in our pumpkin festival and sunflower festival days okay so and then we've done a number of concerts extra as well and when is the sunflower festival sunflowers bloom uh, or we plant them to bloom in late july and early august Mm -hmm. we also plant sunflowers again for the fall pumpkin harvest because as many plants go you know from seed to harvest the timing Mm -hmm. uh, if mother nature is not quite so fickle is is uh, cooperate so within about 10 days you know what's going to happen as far as the planting harvest is concerned interesting so So the kids come out and they pick their pumpkin yes they do we'd have hay rides to the pumpkin patch we have a corn maze we have uh, this big kid zone that i was telling you about where we've incorporated several things for all ages we just added something called a mega slide where you tube down a platform on our hilly property here in southwest virginia uh, 150 to 160 feet and it's been a huge hit and that's made out of a it's like gi- legos yeah but it's a giant industrial <laughs> culvert right here. it is it and is tell us about the little train that's made out of yes. 55 gallon yes drums drums that's that right is so cute handmade and children that are uh age seven and under love that it's mm-hmm. it's specifically for a certain age, even though many parents will try to ride it with their child. (laughs) But anyway, that's been a big hit. And that's not all. We have all types of farm animals in our animal barn. We partner with a neighboring farm who is in the business of helping rescue horses. So we have horseback trail rides. We also have pony rides. I don't cook a lot myself, so we bring in food trucks to help solve that problem. You can't go to a festival without eating. Yeah, no and we have all different types of food trucks come for our festivals so that you can satisfy any taste from pizza to tacos to empanadas to chicken to, you know, burgers, all kinds of types of foods, including Oktoberfest and Southern Comfort. We've got two food vendors that specialize in that. Mm-hmm. We also partner with any entertainment that I can find. Uh, we had every acapella group from Virginia Tech, there are six, come and perform 
on different dates during our fall festival, the Pumpkin Festival. They do like the flash mob thing. They'll be walking around and all of a sudden they break into song and dance. It's really a great entertainment. We've had personalized scarecrows, a four foot eight lady, and then a 20 foot tall scarecrow on stilts visit several days during our festival. We have a group called the Mystical Witches from our neighbor in Floyd County come and dance around their hot cauldrons. We've had drummers come, all types of entertainment. And I think that that has led um, the partnering with the local community, with the different types of entertainment, has led us to have many accolades, to win many accolades. We've been on named the best pumpkin patch to visit, the best farm to visit. Uh, this we, is in the world? No, in, this, in the Commonwealth. <laughs> Although one of them, the best pumpkin patches within seven states of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Wow. But you draw people, kids and families from, from beyond. many, many places, yeah, yes. Yeah, beyond the state border. Right. I think I'm very proud of this uh, for our community in this particular county, Montgomery County, that we reside in, that people will have learned about the Pumpkin Festival or they're coming to visit one of the universities or to see something else in the area and they will schedule their trip during our festival weekend mm-hmm. and they stay the weekend. You know, we're known here in this Blue Ridge area for biking, for hiking and for beer. <laughs> <laughs> biking, hiking and beer. <laughs> With our numbers of breweries. So anyway, all of this comes together and then having something for a family to enjoy rounds it all out. And, you know, I heard many, many years ago, someone came to me and, and said, you know, this is our family tradition. We come every year. And so I just adapted that as our tagline. It's a family tradition. And it is. And you have so many people come and show up that one of your fears is gridlock and traffic shutdown. So you have to loop in the state troopers to help you out, don't you? We do, we do. You know, several years ago, uh, I got some bad social media negative, wanting me just to close my doors. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because I blocked the traffic on this little rural Route 8 leading from Christiansburg to Floyd, two-lane highway. It's true. We would block the highway two and a half miles to the interstate. Because it would be cars just Cars backed just back up. It backed up, wow. wait, waiting to pull in. Wow. Anyway, I had to I ask assistance from our local sheriff's deputy department, and we now hire traffic deputies to come in and help us with uh, curbing that particular problem that we've had. And it, it's worked great. You know, of course, I pay for it, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I no longer get the hate emails. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and another dimension that's really cool is how you loop in the kids from the university. Mm-hmm. The ROTC kids, oh, for example. Yes. Tell us about right. that. So today, I think uh, it's one of the key components of university education where administrations want their students to gain experience, not just sit in a lecture hall. Mm-hmm. They want them out and about to learn the real world of work. And so therefore, many uh, organizations within universities today require an internship, a cooperative education position, or community service. And so we have looped into the universities that are uh, local here 
and the organizations for assistance with parking and with also employing them with a lot of our aspects of work during our festivals. So the Corps Cadets has been key for us. They come out in their camouflage and their all matching t-shirts and you know they they have the stiff backs and the <laughs> stiff arms and you know they're just perfect for <laughs> parking cars and they'll bring 20 people and on our busy days we need to have 20 people wow. to get them off the road because we have different fields of parking that we can place cars and pick up trucks you know on a busy day you really don't see any grass here well, how you many know, it's amazing how many people might come on a we know that we have according to our point of sale we have over 40,000 people that have come already this season and we still have Saturday and Sunday the the first weekend in November our wine festival we're culminating this year's the 2023 pumpkin festival with a wine festival because after Halloween you know there's not that huge a market for pumpkins <laughs> So I thought, well, a lot of people drink wine, so why not invite some of the local wineries? And so we've got a a, a nice selection for Saturday and Sunday for our, our wine festival, for our inaugural wine festival here. Are any of your kids involved? Yes. Actually, two of the three, they have been involved. All three children have been involved over the years. I have an oldest daughter who has her own business in Roanoke, a transportation business, and her busiest days are weekends in the fall but my son helps out tremendously and then I have a younger daughter that has a kettle corn business all of my children have worked here on the farm I know they have a good work ethic and you know all I do is let them know what needs to be done and they come out most of the time they smile that's really cool (laughs) so when do you rest when do I rest you know It's tough. The grief that I had over the death of my husband was unbelievable. And it's true with anybody that loses someone that close in their family. And so basically, I threw myself into work. And that's how I overcame grief and made Sinkland Farms what it is today. And now... You know, I don't know what I would do in retire. I mean, I don't have a clue. I mean, I ask my friends, what do you all do? And, <laughs> and they say, well, I don't really know. <laughs> so it's like it's in me. It's yeah. in my blood. And I'm always thinking and trying to figure out how we can do better and what else can we add. Mm-hmm. But I am getting tired. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. To learn more about your world, where do you recommend we go? Well, we certainly have a website. Which is? Uh, SinklandFarms.com. Well, that's easy. Yeah, SinklandFarms.com. Most people, in fact, I was introduced to the day the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia was visiting Sinkland Farms. He was right outside he that was door. He was right outside the door in, yeah. another, in another completely different interview mm-hmm. because Election Day is next week. Right. And so they're visiting all around the uh, Commonwealth to do their last rally cry thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was honored that they selected Sinkland Farms for Southwest Virginia. Did he get a pumpkin? He didn't get a pumpkin, no. I forgot that. I should have thought about that. (laughs) But anyway, um, so anyway, you know, from the governor to special needs children, I'm really proud that Sinkland Farms can serve so many different types uh, of people and, and really have a role in the community. 
That's so cool. And you probably do some social media, too. Oh, yeah, we do. But, you know, we have to do paid media, too, because you never know what is the perfect mix of advertising. Yeah. And so I do have a big budget, uh, and that's probably why we have so many people visit. But then I go out and ask. I say, how do you hear about Sinkland Farms? Well, we've been here every year, so maybe I should cut back on my spending in advertising. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? You I think <laughs> that you have so much momentum going that it's... It's probably it's, not necessary. Yeah, it probably sells itself okay. now. Good. Good to yeah. know. I yeah. remember that a journalist told me that. There you go. <laughs> A marketing specialist. All right. <laughs> and my name is Susan Sink, and I'm the owner of Sinkland Farms, located in Christiansburg, Virginia. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. And I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Virginia. We'll see you here. You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on NPR.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on NPR.org, iTunes, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. I listen to WNYC in New York. In fact, NPR is all I listen to. If I didn't have NPR, I would feel like my lifeline to the world has been cut. So yes, please support your local NPR station. World Bicycle Relief partners with communities to deliver specially designed, locally assembled, rugged bicycles for people in need. Nearly one billion people in rural regions of the world live in communities far from the nearest paved road, walking miles every day just to survive. Distance is a barrier to attending school, receiving health care, delivering goods to market, and other critical services needed to thrive. Find out how you can help deliver rugged, dependable, life-changing bicycles to deserving communities. Log on to worldbicyclerelief.org to learn more.